This episode is brought to you by the Italian Wine Academy, teaching WSET levels 1, 2, and 3 in English, right here in Verona, the home of the Italian Wine Podcast. Want to become part of the international wine sector? Need a worldwide recognized certification? Don't know where to start? You can easily complete our courses while you enjoy the fun and excitement of Verona. Make your vacation good value for money by adding a wine certificate to your souvenirs. Visit our website at italianwineacademy.org for more information and sign up today to start your personal adventure in global wine education. Welcome to Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Maps. We have specially created this free content for all our listeners who are studying for wine exams. This has been a journey of development since Stevie Kim discovered Rosie Baker's hand-drawn maps on Instagram through two years of work by our in-house editorial and graphics team, and now the maps are available to purchase in beta form while they undergo the final proofing and editing by our expert advisory board. It's a three-layered project because we know everyone learns differently. We now offer the complete box set of 39 maps, this series of podcasts with the maps narrated by our crack team of wine educators, and finally, the study guide book, which will be published later this year. Our map project is in no way a substitute for the material set out by other educational organizations, but we hope all the wine students out there will find our map project a new, exciting, and useful tool for learning. For more information and to buy the maps, please visit our website at mamajumboshrimp.com. I'm Jill Gordon-Smith, and this is the Jumbo Shrimp's Guide to Wine Maps. Today we're going to be looking at Champagne. So the Champagne AOC in northern France produces the world's most famous sparkling wine. The word itself, Champagne, has become synonymous with sparkling wine. But true Champagne may only be produced in the small region of the same name in northern France. Sparkling winemaking in Champagne dates back to the 1700s. The region? Champagne AOC is located along the 48th parallel near the world's northerly limit for viticulture. It's cold here. The region's cool climate promotes high acidity in grapes, which is an asset in the production of sparkling wines. The vineyards of Champagne are planted on chalky soils, which means that they can retain heat and it also provides excellent water regulation for the vine. Below the ground, a large natural cave network provides perfect storage conditions for the cellaring of wine. Champagne is divided into five main areas. There's the Montagne de Reims, which is the northernmost region situated around the city of Reims, and that's the premier region for Pinot Noir. The Valley de la Marne, so the Marne Valley surrounds the Marne River and includes the town of Epinay. Meunier is the favoured grape of this region. The Côte de Blanc, the best region in Champagne for Chardonnay grapes. The Côte de Cézanne and the Orbe, otherwise known as the Côte de Bar. In addition, wine-producing villages in Champagne are classified as Grand Cru, Premier Cru or simply Cru. In Burgundy, single vineyards attain the rank of Premier or Grand Cru, but in Champagne, it's the entire village that achieves the status. The 17 Grand Cru villages are held in the highest regard and are located in the Montagne de Reims, Valley de la Marne and Côte de Blanc. If a producer makes a wine using only Grand Cru or Premier Cru fruit, he may use these terms on the bottle's label. Champagne gets its sparkle from a second fermentation in the bottle. A still-based wine is bottled with a small amount of liqueur de tourage, which is a mixture of wine, sugar and yeast. This causes a second fermentation, and the carbon dioxide produced by the yeast that converts sugar to alcohol is trapped inside the bottle, making the sparkle. As the yeast die, they form sediment, known as lees, inside the bottle. And over time, the presence of lees in the wine contributes pleasant characters such as yeasty, bake shop, croissant aromas. Are you enjoying this podcast? 
Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. Producers will age their better champagne bottlings on the lees for a period of years. Part of champagne's appeal is visual, so producers disgorge the wines prior to selling them. So in this process, the lees, which would create cloudiness in the final wine, are removed from the bottle. A small amount of dosage, which is a liquid mixture of sugar and wine, is often added for balance or for sweetness. Champagne's a really cold region. It's as far north as grapes will barely ripen, which is a key to the wine's personality. Cold regions produce acidic grapes with low potential alcohol. The acid has a preserving effect and that protects against oxidation and allows the wine to age. Dual climate, strong continental and Atlantic influences brings cold and threat of frost. Champagne by law must undergo at least 15 months of maturation in the bottle prior to sale and 36 months for a vintage dated wine, but the wine often ages much longer. The secondary fermentation increases the alcohol from 10.5 to 12 to 13%, which is the legal maximum, and only a cold climate would produce grapes that have sufficient flavour at such moderate alcohol levels. The hills also provide protection from the cold Atlantic winds that sweep across northern France. There's quite a lot of rain in the region, so mildew is an occasional problem. Late summer and autumns are dry. The soils drain, but they don't dry out. The chalk soil is powdery and loose and allows the roots to grow deep, even in drought. The limestone supplies water, but the soils are low in fertility. The most widely planted grape is Pinot Noir, which gives cherry, strawberry, power and richness, low to medium tannins and really good acidity. Meunier adds earthy, fruity notes and is frost resistant. Chardonnay gives the citrus, apple, lightness and can be fat or fruity dependent on the year. Most grapes are grown on slopes and there are specific pruning techniques are used in the region. Most of these pruning techniques will leave large amounts of permanent wood, which improves frost resistance and makes it easier to grow a second crop in years when frost basically destroys the grapes. Montagne de Rance is a very high elevation area. It's planted to Pinot Noir and the vineyards are angled directly towards the sun and therefore are not frost prone during cold spring cells. Pinot Noir is early budding and it wouldn't flower as successfully on flatter sites. The cool air also drains off the mountains and is replaced by air sufficiently warm to ripen this variety. Wines from this region tend to be the richest and fullest of Champagne. There are significant plantings of Chardonnay and Pinot Meunier in the region as well. Pre-sparkling era, Pinot wines were really popular here. The Côte de Blanc is all about Chardonnay. It's limestone chalk soils and 96% planted to Chardonnay. It's a hilly zone and produces racy, lighter-bodied wines in the Montagne de Rance. Chardonnays from here provide the backbone and ageing potential for Champagne blends. Most sought-after and costly wines in Champagne come from here. It's less prone to frost damage. And that's pretty good because Chardonnay is early budding. The Valley de la Marne, Meunier dominates the plantings. Meunier produces fruity, lively-flavoured but early maturing wines. The terroir is much more prone to frosts and autumn humidity issues. Meunier has a shorter growing cycle. It buds later and ripens earlier than Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. The Côte de Bar has quite substantial vineyard acreage, but it's less uniform in its terroir, so it's hard to generalise about the grapes growing here. It's an important source of Pinot Noir, and whenever there's chalk near the surface, you'll find Chardonnay. As far as style, non-vintage is the most commercially important wine. It's based on the current vintage with reserve wines added as necessary. Styles can be light and crisp, to rich, full-bodied and yeasty. Vintage comes from a single vintage only, and that's only made in the best years and only from the grapes that are stated as vintage. 
Vintage comes from a single vintage and is made only in the best years and only from grapes from the stated vintage. A maximum of 80% of the harvest can be used for a vintage wine, so they maintain reserve stocks and they're blended to show the house style as well as the vintage. It's normally three years on lees. The wines come from the best parcels and they have a more pronounced yeasty style. Some are left on lees for much longer, for example, Bollinger, RD, Late Disgorged. Rosé is also made, but this is the one of the only times that you will blend a red wine with a white wine any time up to the liqueur de tourage. Some producers make a rosé base wine, but the best rosés have a delicate fruit character and the fruit fades with age, so they really benefit from extended ageing. So the styles we've got are non-vintage and vintage, Blanc de Blanc, which is made purely from Chardonnay, Blanc de Noir from Pinot Noir and Meunier, also Prestige Cuvées. These are super premium wines. They're vintage or non-vintage. They can be single vineyard wines, but they're usually made in tiny quantities. Brut Nature which is really dry, less than 0 to 3 grams per litre of residual sugar. Extra Brut, which is considered dry, so 0 to 6 grams per litre. Brut, which is dry or off dry, 0 to 12 grams per litre. Extra Sec, which is off dry to medium dry, 12 to 20 grams per litre. Sec, which is medium dry, so 17 to 32 grams per litre. Demi Sec, which is sweet, 32 to 50 grams per litre. And Dew, which is quite luscious and 50 grams per litre. Other French sparklings include Cremant de Jura, Cremant de Bordeaux. There's actually seven French sparkling ACs. The most important would probably be Cremant d'Alsace, Cremant de Bourgogne, Cremant de Limoux and Cremant de Loire. And they're all made in the traditional method using whole bunch pressing and limiting extraction rate to 100 litres from 150 kilograms. Other French sparklings include Cremant d'Alsace, Cremant de Bourgogne, Cremant de Limoux and Cremant de Loire also Cremant de Jura and Cremant de Bordeaux. And these are all made in the traditional method using whole bunch pressing and limiting extraction to 100 litres of juice from 150 kilograms. In Champagne, large brands known as Negociants purchase many of their grapes from networks of smaller growers and many smaller estates known as grower producers grow their own fruit for vinification. The larger houses may enjoy more consistency from year to year, but the smaller estates may offer a more individual product. Negotiants such as Moet Chandon or Veuve Clicquot can be identified by locating the initials NM on a small code on the label of the bottle. Grower producers can be identified by locating the initials RM on the bottle code and are located throughout the region. Famous examples would be Villemarcy, Pierre Gimonet and Eglurier. We'll cover the winemaking of sparkling wines in the next couple of maps. Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Italian Wine Academy, offering WSET levels 1, 2, and 3 in English. Visit our website at italianwineacademy.org for more information and sign up today to start your personal adventure in global wine education right here in the heart of Verona. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. Jean Jean! I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.